Right. Good morning, church. I hope everyone is doing well. God is good. As you heard earlier, my wife, when she was up here, we had a wash machine. I keep saying dishwasher half the time, but wash machine leaked last night. And uh, the water was just pouring everywhere, and it leaked through the floor to the basement. So that was fun last night. We just had all kinds of fun. And, you know, that's when you're reminded, Lord, give me patience. You know, that, that's when you Lord can give you patience even when you're sopping up water with a bunch of towels and wringing them out in buckets and all kinds of things. The Lord is good like that. You just ask the Lord and He'll help you out. This morning I want to talk to you about quality relationships. The last two weeks we've been talking about the fear of the Lord and I believe... And, you know, before we talked about the fear of the Lord, there was a 10-point list that we gave of things that I believe God wants us to increase in. And one of those things is quality relationships. Because we all have relationships throughout our life from the time when we're really little, going through life. We have all different types of relationships. So this morning, we're not going to talk about just romantic relationships or, you know, like that. We're talking about all relationships. And we want all of our relationships to be quality relationships or or good relationships because we all experience we all have them and relationships are very important and the word of god talks a, a lot about relationships and so jesus thought it was very very important and he addressed how we're to conduct ourselves with others he addressed it uh many times in his word so we're going to take a look at some of those scriptures this morning because having good relationships one of the biggest keys is we've got to have love. To have quality relationships or good relationships, we've got to have love. So before we dive right into the work, can we pray just one more time this morning? Father God, we just come to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you for your anointing and your presence that is here in this place. I thank you that we can open up our hearts to receive from you this morning, to hear your word, what you would have to speak to us. Speak a special word to each one of us here this morning. May these words be your words, not my own, in Jesus' name, and that all distractions are gone. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, in John chapter 13, verse 35, Jesus said this. He was talking to his disciples and he said, By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And you've heard me talk about this verse many times because it's the key, I believe, that's going to turn around many things in, in, the, in the church, in the body of Christ at large or in the nation is love. Love is the thing. Because it says here, Jesus is saying, this is how they're going to know that you're my disciples. In other words, this is how they're going to know that I'm real and that I care for them. Because they'll see your love for one another. They'll see you passionate, passionate about each other and the love for each other. They'll see that and they'll know that has to be me. That has to be God. So they'll know me by your love for one to another. That's how important good quality relationships are. And see, just we, we've talked uh, before in the past about our testimony and how we walk and how we conduct ourselves, and our testimony is very, very important. And when people see us, and, you know, and they know and they find out, oh, that's so-and-so, they're, they're a Christian. Well, things change. Once people find out you're a Christian, everything changes, right? And people, all of a sudden, they look at you differently. They just do. I heard, uh, I was reading an article one time about the police, and it was in, um, 
believe it was the police department in New York City, and they were talking about profiling and how that they want to, uh, uh, you know, there are groups out there and there's many people that want to eradicate profiling from the police department. And I'm sitting here, you know, because there's so many different, you know, reasons and, and different things because all people should be treated the same no matter how they look, what color their skin is, how, you know, what they may be doing or this or that. This is a far cry from what they were trained to do and what a lot of the training, because they're trained to look for, quote, suspicious characters. They're trained to look for specific, you know, suspicious activity, things that might be going on. Well, these, these groups of people over here, yeah, they're kind of loitering over here. Maybe as, you know, as a police officer, I should get out of my car and walk by you know, and just make sure everything's okay down over here. That's what they're trained to do. And, and you know, in many instances, that's what they were saying in the article. And so it go, it, what these groups were trying to do is like go against their training. And the thing is, is that whether we all want to admit it or not, you know, because it, it's just, it's true. When we walk around, when we see people, we form opinions in our mind based on how someone looks. We just, we just do. Right or wrong... Not, not, not discussing that, not the, don't worry about it. Right or wrong, when we see individuals, we form opinions in our mind based on what we see. It's all based on what we see. And when we see others and their conduct and how they behave themselves, they may, some people may be doing something and they don't normally behave that way. Well, we see it, and now we have formed our opinion. You may come over to my house you may walk into my house and you may, you may hear the chaos. I have four children, I have two young children, and now I have a puppy to add to the mix. Oh, yeah. So you may see a couple little guys running around, you know, just yelling, screaming. The dog starts barking. He's chasing them. He's all, all this stuff's going on. And you come in and you think, oh, my goodness, what did I just walk into? But, you know, it's not always that way in my house. It's only that way sometimes. Sometimes you could walk into my house and everybody's nice and calm and all of those things. And everybody's just chilling. And it, it, totally different scenery. But see, you will form your opinion of how my household is from the first time that you visit. It's just the way it is. You'll see what it, and you'll think it is the way it is all the time. They, oh, it's like that all the time. I come in, there may be laundry going everywhere. There may be dog toys, Legos over here. There may be dishes in the sink, the tables. And you think, oh man, this place is messy. But you know what? It's not like that all the time. There are times, and most of the time, if you've been in my house, we cleaned it for you probably. <laughs> we cleaned it all up. Everything's all nice and tidy. And so when you come in, now you see it all clean and nice and tidy and you think, Wow, this is, you know, this is great. Wow, this is really nice in here, you know. And everybody's calm. Totally, you can, depending on the time of day or where you come, it could be different. But, and you will form your opinion on the first thing you see. And this is why Jesus said in this scripture that people will know you're my disciples if. See, there's this big word, if. We go ahead and put that scripture back on the screen. John 13, 35. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples 
if. And see, that's the key word in this scripture is if you have love. And see, if we don't, if we break down, if we let ourselves slip, like I could have let myself slip last night and just, you know, really gotten angry last night and started kicking the wash machine. That's about what I felt like doing to it, that's for sure. Joshua, go get the sledgehammer. Let me take care of this, you know. I'm ready just to beat that thing to pieces. But see, I didn't. I restrained myself. And see, so many times, you know, the Scripture puts in these key words, you know, if. And so we've got to make sure that our conduct is pleasing to the Lord and that our conduct towards others, that we're always walking in love. It's a walk. It's not a one-time thing. Or, uh, well, it's okay if the house is messy or if we're a little messy sometimes and then sometimes we're just, we're just right. No, the Scripture wants us to walk in love 24-7. Amen, church? Different types of relationships. We have different ones. We have, when we are born, our first relationship that we usually experience is parent to child. Parent to child. And then usually we become a student at school. We have a teacher and so we have a student to teacher, which teachers really are uh, part of our civil system, civil authorities that we have. And we make friends. And we have friend-to-friend relationships. We, uh, when we get older, we may get married. And so we have a spouse-to-spouse relationship. We get jobs somewhere along the way. Hopefully before you got married so you can bring in some money. And we have an employer-to-employee relationship. And through all of this, we have our relationship with God. We have a relationship with Him, which is more important than any relationship I listed previous. Our relationship with Him is the most important relationship that we have, even in our time on the earth. And so, and there's other types where I didn't go into, you know, we have dating relationships and we got all this and that. I looked up one time, I said types of relationships. This week I just put on types of relationships into uh, you know, the search engine. And one of the things that came out, it was 24 types of relationships. Like how many do we have? And so then I started clicking through and looking through you know, with the cooperative relationship, the independent relationship. The, the, I, they just had so many breakdowns of relationships. Let's just keep it real simple with the list I just gave you. How about that? And we just won't worry about all these little sub-relationships. But we're supposed to grow in these relationships. Grow in our relationship with God and in others. Paul's prayer for the church in 1 Thessalonians 3.12, And may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another and for all people. So for everyone, no matter what type of relationship that I listen to, no matter what relationship, we're supposed to increase. In other words, we're supposed to grow in these relationships. They're not supposed to go bad. They're not supposed to get bad. How many, many times it just, it just goes bad? But we're supposed to increase and abound in love in these relationships. And love is the key. In John 13, in that same uh, chapter that we read earlier, in verse 34 and 35, we'll read them together. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So what he was saying, he's actually just, it's not just, well, if you have it, it's he commanded us to have love. 
And so that's, that's supposed to be a focus for us. When we look at the Scripture and we see His commandments, whatever He commands us to do, we're supposed to focus on that because it's something we're supposed to actually do. It's not something we just read over and it's just, oh, it's a nice thing to do just every now and then. Or, well, oh, it's Monday, I'm going to work, I can take my Christian hat off now. You know, it, it, it doesn't really work that way. We're supposed to walk in love. We're commanded to love. The thing is, is like I said so many times, though, relationships go bad. Why is that? To have a quality relationship, both parties have to cooperate. You know, see, sometimes you can do everything right on your part, but if the other person's not cooperating, guess what? It's going to go bad. It, it, it just doesn't matter. Right? If I have, you know, I have my children, you know, and I have my relationship with my children, I can tell them things I want them to do. But if they choose, they still, they have a choice. They don't want to make the wrong one. But they still, they have a choice to obey that or not to obey the commandment of Almighty Daddy. Because at that moment, I am the Almighty in their eyes. Right? Now, not, not literally, because He is the Almighty, but God has given me the authority to be able to train my children up, and He gave me the commandment to train them up in the way they should go. And we see this in six, Ephesians 6, and we'll read that in a few minutes, but in Hebrews 12, 14, it says, Follow peace with all men and holiness. Without such, no man will see the Lord. Now, see, the thing is, is that with my children... They obey, and they may obey for, for different reasons, but when we're talking about a friend-to-friend relationship, both parties still have to cooperate. And if something, maybe somebody bites somebody's head off, they're having a bad day, they feel real bad, you know, they got a sore throat, their, you know, nose is running, whatever it may be, you know, it's just like they're just kind of miserable, and something happens, and you're at work, and your friend, and he says something, and you just, you bite his head off. Well, well you know, and he kind of walks away, and he's offended, he's upset, well, this scripture here in Hebrew says to follow peace with all men. And so it's our responsibility to go and fix that. It's our responsibility to go and, and, and make peace with that individual. To do all that we can so that now we can get back to the quality of relationship that we had before. So that's our responsibility. In the relationship, you always have a responsibility on your end. Now, And they have a responsibility on their end. You may go to that individual and they may say, I don't care, whatever, get away from me, you know, just whatever. They may not, they may not accept your apology. They might they not accept your, you know, good intentions and your love. They may not like it and they may reject it. And, you know, there's not anything you can do about it. But we're to do what we're supposed to do, which is... To Follow peace with all men. Now, this word follow, follow in the Greek means this, to follow or press hard after, to pursue with earnestness and diligence in order to obtain, to go after with the desire of obtaining. And see, many times we don't follow hard or press hard after peace. and We don't go after it hard enough because sometimes it can be awkward or a hard thing to do. Or sometimes it's hard to swallow that P word, pride, you know, so that we go and we admit that we might be wrong, right? To go to the other person and say, you know what, I messed up. 
Or, you know what, I don't know what happened between us. Can we get back to what you know, it was before? That can be awkward. It, it, no one really likes that stuff, that, that confrontation stuff. It's not the easiest thing to do all the time. So we don't necessarily follow after and go after it hard and really pursue it. But the scripture here says to follow, which means to pursue or press hard after. Go after it earnestly and go after it. So when a relationship goes bad, when it's supposed to be good, what do you do? It goes bad. You know, it's supposed to be good, but it goes bad. What do you do? I have a few keys I want to bring out this morning that we can do. This is just about all I could think of to do. Number one, make sure you are submitted to authority. Make sure you are submitted to authority. You say, TJ, what in the world does this have to do? Let me explain. In a, pire, uh, in a parent-child relationship, I have to make sure that I, as the parent, I, I am submitted to God. I'm doing the right thing. The child has to make sure that he is doing the right thing or she is doing the right thing in submitting to me. And the thing is, is the cause of every relationship failure can be traced back to a lack of submission to authority by one or both parties. Let's say that one more time. The cause of every relationship failure can be traced back to a lack of submission to authority by one or both parties. And to do this, to, de- to determine what's going on, you have to figure out who's got jurisdiction. Let's use the children and, and parents example. Ephesians 6 verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. So that's the children's responsibility. To submit, obey, honor, that's what they're supposed to do. Now, here's the parent, verse 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So in other words, don't provoke. And so in other words, and it says to do it in the discipline and instruction of the who? The Lord. So the child's supposed to be submitted to the parent, and the parent's supposed to be submitted to God in this relationship. Everybody sees Amen? So there's always, in every single relationship, I I sat there, I racked my brain for a couple of hours trying to figure out in a relationship where there was no submission authority needed. And in every single time, submission to authority is key. In Ephesians 5, you know, it's kind of like this. You know, why did we have, some of us have just awful parents or terrible parents and they just didn't do it right, and they treated us wrong, and maybe they even abused us. Why? Because they weren't submitted to God. They weren't submitted to God. Why do we sometimes as parents, we do everything we need to know, we know we're submitted to God, we're doing everything right, we're doing all of it, and just, man. But, you know, our child walks away from the Lord. Why? Because they're not submitted to you, to the authority that God has placed in their life. In Ephesians 5.21, it says, Submitting yourselves one to another... In the fear of God. See, in a friend-to-friend relationship, if one party doesn't submit to the other, they haven't submitted to the authority of God. We are commanded by God to love. That's where we started. And when we don't, we have failed to submit to Him. So if a friend-to-friend relationship has gone bad in your life, check to make sure that you have submitted to God in that relationship. So in other words, you've got a friend, you, you know, you're there... And, 
you know, if the relationship starts to go bad, the first thing you want to do is check yourself and make sure that you are walking in the love and the kindness and the patience and all the things that the Scripture commands you to walk in when you're treating other people. Man, it's getting quiet in here now. Now, see, it, you know, for you, you may examine, you may look and say, well, I did that. Man, I was loving, I was kind. I just don't know why they're doing that all of a sudden. And if you did everything you did and you know that you're submitted into authority, then, you know, it could be on the other party. Because it's one, both parties have to have a responsibility in the relationship. You, you know, it's not one-sided. And we know this to have a friend or have, you know, or any, you know, parent, child, you know, employer, employee. There are responsibilities for all these types of relationships. Just because somebody works for me doesn't mean I, I'm supposed to just treat them how I want to treat them and walk all over them. I've been there where I had an employer that just, <laughs> just get upset and get in my face and yell and scream. He didn't know the Lord. And that's how he thought it was best to motivate me. Which was, I'm a hard worker. I knew, I'm checking, I'm like, why is this guy yelling at me? <laughs> I didn't get it. I didn't know. I prayed about it. I thought, God, why is this guy in my face and I'm feeling the spit on my face with him yelling at me? And what I really want to do is knee him in the balls. Look, let's just be real. That's what I was thinking. Look, I'm a guy. You hit him where it hurts. My wife will rebuke me later. You shouldn't have said that. I know, but it just came in my mind and I said it. Amen. She's as red as her hair now. All right. Praise the Lord. Submit. Submit in the Greek means this, willing subjection to another. The word submitting comes from two Greek words that mean under and to place in order. See, when a relationship has gone bad, there's disorder. You're not in order. Somewhere along the line, either you or the other person. And so what you have to do is you have to check you because you are responsible for you. You're not responsible for that other person all the time. I mean, unless it's a child, you know, you got some things you got to do there. But, you know, like in a friend-to-friend relationship where one's not really over the other or whatever, but you're, you're always under somebody and you're under God and you've got to treat each other. And this is why. It says submit yourselves. And it uses the word submit, which is willing subjection. That means even in a, in a friend-to-friend relationship, there are going to be times where somebody's over and somebody's under. It just happens. And sometimes in the, it can flip around different ways. I want to I give you an example here this morning of, of authority and submission, just a little. Just to give you an idea. I'm the lead pastor here at the Connection Church. Uh, you know, Pastor Justin, he does the music. And I, it, it, he was appointed before I even had this position. But this is his area. What you see, you know, the, the, the music, this is all his area. Now, he has other responsibilities and everything, but that's his. And he has been appointed and put in that place. Now, you probably noticed this morning, I played drums. We don't have a drummer right now, so if you know one, please let me know after service. I'd like to contact them and get them to play drums. Okay. 
I played drums. Well, when I go to practice, and we're sitting there practicing, you know, he is in charge. I submit to him. Now, I give suggestions. I may give a suggestion. You know, Robbie submits to... Rob, I'm sorry. I'm so used to that. But he submits to Pastor Justin as well. And we're there under his authority on Thursday nights at 7 o'clock in his basement. We're down there practicing. So even though I'm the lead pastor of the church, I come down and go under. are 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 you getting that? Now see, in other settings, and during the week, or we talk and I'm giving him stuff to do, it flips. He's now under me. I say, hey, you know, bro, we need to do this, we need to do that. Here, mark this down so you do, you know, and, we, and I give him stuff to do or whatever it may be, or we talk about what needs to be done. or this. It, it's, it's flipped. But see, I can come under because I recognize and I understand the position. And see, we have to understand in whatever relationship that we may be in, the position. And so we have to know that and come under when we need to come under. Even when we know we're right and the other person may be wrong, we still, we come under, we submit. You know how sometimes, you know, you're planning an event or something happens or maybe you've been in charge of a party or this or that or, you know, or there's, and maybe you've been a part of a situation where you had something to do and there were other people that were helping you with it and, you know, they thought that they were kind of equal with you, even though maybe you had the big responsibility. And now all of a sudden, we got like four chiefs running the show. I've been, when you, when you try to move somebody and you're like moving in the moving truck and we got people, and you got three, four people with their ideas on how to pack the truck. You've probably never been there, but I've moved people so many times. Don't call me to help you move. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I'm too, I'm too busted <laughs> at this point. But, you know, it's funny. You can't have too, you have too many chiefs. Things don't get done. You're sitting around discussing how it's going to get done, and it's not getting done. You know, there's always somebody in charge. Life is about authority. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's everywhere. Every relationship that we have, we are submitted and we come under. So, What do we do when a relationship goes bad, when it's supposed to be good? The first thing you do is make sure you're submitted to authority on your part, your end, whether it's to God or to the other person or whoever it may be, depending on the type of relationship that you have. The second thing you do, when you know that you're submitted unto authority, the relationship has gone bad, the second thing you got to do is pray. you got to pray. There's... Sometimes there's nothing else you can do but pray. And there's certain things that that we really, we need to pray for. The first thing that we need to pray for is wisdom. Wisdom. Because we need wisdom in all that we do. And the scripture says to get wisdom, you get understanding. That's what Proverbs says. When you get wisdom, you get understanding. And you begin to understand the situation when you have the wisdom of God. It's the uncommon sense. And so, why, why, why do we need wisdom? i got a little video we're going to play. This kind of tells us and shows us why we need to be wise 
with our words, our actions, and everything that we do. So guys, as soon as the lights are off, you can go ahead and play that video. I messed up. So, I told her, you got a mirror, you can see what you look like in those jeans. So, anyway, I don't know what to do. You just talk to her. And tell her what? You tell her how you feel. I did. I told her, I feel like you look like your mother. Okay, no, you, you need to use your words. You know, romantic words. Oh. Wait, what? Okay, um, honey, uh, you, you take your wife by her hands and you just pour into her. Wait, 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 wait. Am I holding her hands or am I pouring something? I, I can't do both. What? No. Todd, you are going to pour words into your wife. You look her in the eyes, dead set, and you just let go. Because that's what she does to you, Todd. She makes you let go. And you say to her, you mean everything to me. And I would let go of everything if it means that I just get to hold you for the rest of my life. And that's what you do. What are you doing? I'm calling my wife, and you are going to tell me some pretty words to say to her. We are not doing this. Hey, babe. No, 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 don't hang up, don't hang up. Um, I was an idiot, and I know you said some things too. You shouldn't have, you don't say that. I'm, that's not what I meant. I meant I have some things to say to you right now. No. While we're on the phone. Stop it. Just listen. She said I have two minutes. What do I say, what do I say? I'm sorry. For what? No, you tell her that. I'm sorry. Babe? She's still there, I can hear her breathing. Tell her I love you and you mean everything to me and I am a fool because I don't tell you that more often. Um, I'm a fool for loving you and I should say that stuff more often. You are the only reason I am half the man I am. Your love and constant support is my daily breath. I'm half the man I am because of you, and your love is a constraint. Constant support. No, I'm so, oh, no, your love is constantly on my breath, daily. daily. You are the greatest blessing God has ever given me and you are perfect for me. Babe, you're the, you're the best thing God ever did for me. You're perfect. For me, you're perfect. You're, you're not perfect. What are you doing? Just tell me what to say. Sunsets are more beautiful when you are on the horizon. Um, you're more beautiful at sunset on the horizon. totally worked.
Babe, I'm gone in 60 seconds. What a moron. You were great. I know, right? The words you said, I, I heard. I had no idea. Seriously? You had no idea that some women fall for that stuff? <laughs> I'm just glad you're not that gullible. By the way, what's for dinner? I've messed up. Use your words, my friend. Use those words. All right. Amen. This is why we need wisdom. Amen. So we need to pray for wisdom. And James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. So we pray to God. We ask him for wisdom. The second thing we pray for is for the other person. And, and this is where sometimes you may say, I don't feel like praying for them. I have, I, but the word tells us to pray for everyone. In 1 Timothy 2, verse 1 through 3, it says, First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. He wants us to pray for all, for kings and for all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. And Jesus even said in Matthew 5, 44, But I say unto you, love your enemies and bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. And this can be really, really tough to, let, to pray for the other person, to go to them, to talk with them, to you know, fix this thing. And we can't allow unforgiveness or bitterness or those kind of things to hold us back from these commands in the Word of God that are saying to follow peace, to, to, to go and to pray for them and to do these things. The third thing we're going to pray for is specific areas that need work. Specific areas in your life. Specific areas like, Lord, I, I need more love. I need more patience. Lord, help me to forgive. Help me to reconcile. Help me to patch all of this up. Help me to make this relationship right again because it's supposed to be good. It's supposed to be a quality relationship. So that's the second thing we do. The first thing is we check and make sure that we're submitted to authority. The second thing is to pray. And the third thing is, is we cannot forget to use the Word of God. In Psalms 119, 104, a very popular verse in 105, Through thy precepts I get understanding. So in other words, through the Word we get understanding. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So we can't forget to use the word. That's the third thing. And the fourth thing, when a relationship goes bad, when it's supposed to do good, make the effort to fix the relationship. Sometimes we can help the other party as well. We can do everything we need to do for us, but then also we can go and we can talk and we can fix the relationship. The scripture says to speak the truth in what? 
love. We speak truth in love. We go in love and we sit and we talk and we work these things out to have a good working relationship. They may not even receive it like you wanted. You may have a dream and how it all is going to go when you sit and talk and they're just going to go, oh, I'm so sorry too, blah, blah, blah. You may not get that. But you know, we're to do it anyways and we fix it and we patch it up. We don't hold unforgiveness or bitterness or anger towards them. We look at the scriptures on those areas of need that we need. We, we, we specifically target the things that we need to do, but we also make every effort to fix the relationship. This morning, can we all stand? So we make sure that we're submitted to authority. We pray, we use the word, and we make the effort to fix the relationship. Because God, God designed for us to have good quality relationships. He didn't, his design was not for us to be in friction with others, to be in friction in these different areas with our parents or with our friends or with our teachers, with our employers. He didn't design us to be in friction. He designed us to love. He designed, designed us in His image. Unfortunately, sin messed that image up. And we've got to get back to pursuing the image of Christ how he walked, how he conducted himself on the earth. Yes, there were times where he said, you viper, and he said, but if you look at who he spoke those things to, they were the religious elite who were bringing oppression on the people. He didn't speak that way to those who were struggling in their life, those that may have said something that they shouldn't have said or whatever it may be. He didn't speak that way to them. He he, He spoke out of love and compassion for those, and he met the needs of those around him. He changed the world around him. We can change the world around us. We love and we submit in the fear of the Lord. And remember, we talked about what the fear of the Lord was the last two weeks, so I don't want to get into that, but the fear of the Lord, that's us being submitted to his authority and what God says in his word on how we're to conduct ourselves. That's what that means. That when we, through our relationships, that we conduct ourselves in the fear of the Lord. Not fearing man, fearing God. That despite, even though that person may not deserve the love that I'm about to give them, I'm doing it anyways because I fear God. I fear God. Let's go to the Lord here this morning. Let's pray and respond to this message here. And let's examine every relationship that we're in. I'm sure that as we're sit, I was sitting here talking, there's relationships, there's things that's come to your mind, things that you need to maybe do different or think about different, and just bring that relationship to the Lord. Some of you here, you may have a relationship and you know it should be better than what it is. Matter of fact, if that's you, you're like, hey, I got some relationships, they need to be better than what they are. Let's just go ahead and raise your hand. And let's just bring that to the Lord right now. Let's just close our eyes and bring it to God. God, right now, Father God, we just come to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we bring these relationships to you right now. Every relationship that we're walking in, Lord, prick our hearts. Show us where we're not submitted to you in the relationships. Show us where we're not truly submitting to those around us willingly like we should, as your word says. Lord, show us where we're not following hard and pursuing after peace, making peace with all men so that we can be that example to you. I pray, Lord, that we would be able to go from here 
walking in a different attitude and using the scripture and using the scriptures that say that we're to love others and begin to walk in love. Lord, we just speak that over ourselves right now, that we will walk in your love that you've given to us. You loved us so much. You sent your only son. Lord, may we be the living sacrifice that we're supposed to be on this earth, loving others. Lord, that we would be submitted totally to you and to your word in Jesus name, that we'd be able to change the world around us through the principles and your precepts that you've written in your word in Jesus name. We bring it to you now. Hallelujah. Lord, forgive us where we've done wrong, where we've spoken this word or done something we're not supposed to do. Forgive us where we've done that. Lord, may we forgive others and walk in forgiveness. As your word says, that if we don't forgive others, you can't forgive us. So, Lord, we forgive right now. Just uh, that person that's coming to your mind that you need to forgive, just lay it at, their, at the Lord's feet right now. And we say, we forgive. We're not letting them off the hook. We're giving them over to God. Let him be their judge. Right now, we just give it to them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We just give it all to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you that it's done, cemented here this morning. And we'd be able to leave here knowing that we're going to be able to fix these relationships that need fixing in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a hand? God is good. Amen.